Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Speed it up. Speed it up. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, Waiting on that beat to drop. Speed it up. Okay. Uh, bro, why are you so corny, bro? <laughs> What's really going on, everybody? Was that, was that, was we, that? Made it, we made it to a quarter. Yeah, quarter brick. Oh, hey! <laughs> Henry Woods, no alliance, checking back in. What's that? What's that? What's going on, bud? 25. We got a lot, lot to talk about. Yeah, no, maybe so. It's a lot of bulls going on, though. <laughs> well, you break it down. You break it down. What's All right, so um, we're going to hit you with the Boober thoughts real quick. So, um, y'all president, we're just going to play the clip real quick, and then, yeah. We'll then be sued, and they will sue us in the Ninth Circuit. Uh, even though it shouldn't be there, and we will possibly get a bad ruling, and then we'll get another bad ruling, and then we'll end up in the Supreme Court, and hopefully we'll get a fair shake, and we'll win in the Supreme Court, just like the ban. And that was. <laughs> <sighs> the and way it, he just talked, he was rambling like that. <laughs> And then it was one part of the little. Um, well, if you don't know, let me. He, that was yeah. a speech he did last Friday in Rose Garden of the White House, where he basically said, "I don't have to do this, but I'm going to do this." <laughs> he declared a national emergency. Uh, so for what? Uh, to build this wall. <laughs> he declared a national emergency to build a wall. Um, but who's paying for so it? So to get, we're paying for it. Wait, clearly. what? He, didn't want, he ain't saying <laughs> to that. give you a little background story. Congress approved funding to build 55 miles of the wall, but your president believes that he could stretch this to 234 miles. Now, um, your boy Trump, um, yeah, he's out here. Yeah, he out here. He he was basically th- talking through the process of what's going on now. Sixteen states have uh, filed suit: California, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Colorado, Delaware, Hawaii, Illinois, Maine, Maryland. Michigan, Minnesota, Nevada, New Mexico, Oregon, and Virginia. Um, basically claiming that it's unconstitutional for Trump to divert funds in this way because that is a co- power of Congress. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, California is going to be the one leading the way. Right. Um, you know, I think it helps for them, especially since they are they are a border state mm-hmm. and i think it's really interesting because i think you know a lot of republicans they definitely talk about oh we need to secure the border wall or you know we, we need to secure the border but like your district your state doesn't border that's what's they, crazy they, about it i think they said there's only one republican whose district actually borders and this is in the house like of course like if you're in texas those two senators like you're on the border technically you're a border state but in the House, there's only one district for a Republican that borders the like the U.S. Mexico wall, and mm-hmm. he's and he's opposed to it because he's like, I've talked to my district, I've talked to my constituents, and they're like, they don't want people coming in and building walls on their land. They don't want this, that, and the third. That's not the most effective way, right? So I think, um, and just in general, I think this is going to be like a really big fight because what Trump is doing and national emergencies, I think it sounds pretty like grave, but I think. Presidents can de- presidents have declared national emergencies like a good amount of times. I think like Bush did it. Bush and Clinton and Obama each did it around like ten times. But it was never for something that would require Congress to act. Like if you're building a wall, you need Congress to give you money to do that. Right. Since Congress is like the legislative branch, they're the appropriators. Like if I'm the legislative branch and President Woods asks for money, I have to then say, hey, we're going to give you the funds to do this you can't just say hey i'm gonna take the money and do this do like, and that's basically that's not how that doing. works yeah that's, that's basically right. what he's doing that's literally what he's doing um which makes this i think already in general it's crazy just to say like he's creating a national emergency over the wall but the actual like process of what he's doing he's basically saying like hey congress you're not doing what i want you to do so i'm gonna take the money that you didn't give me to do what I want to do. Right. He's misappropriating <laughs> funds, but no, that's literally what he's doing. Um it's it's gonna be interesting to see how this actually plays out, uh, especially because Congress hasn't made an executive move yet. Um so right. I'm curious to see how that plays out. I did read an article that said they're plotting on making their own separate lawsuit, which I mean, like you said, this is gonna end up in the Supreme Court, I believe, but Which is scary. It's scary. <laughs> <'Cause>, why why <laughs> I mean, but in, I mean, 
Trump has appointed the last two Supreme Court judges. And that's what's scary about it, because literally it's going to get there and it may in some way rule in his favor. And that's what's, I guess, wrong about the whole debacle, because when you think about the presidency, Trump disrespects that seat every single he's day. Right. He's rewriting the rules. Right. And it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how us as a country move beyond this yeah. if we do or if we can because it, it's scary. Wow. It, it's scary. And I think like from a legal perspective, the Supreme Court has like a really big job because um, I think this comes, this whole thing comes from like the National Emergency Act of like the 70s that Congress made like for the president. But I think there was no specific language about what can be considered a national emergency right so i think if you're suing trump like you said earlier i would bring up the clip of like him saying i didn't have to do this but it's faster i did it anyway <laughs> but like that matters because no one really uh, i don't know what what's the definition of a national emergency and i think there's an interesting thing in that and i like we like saw this like after we kind of tweeted it from the account what's what's the twitter at uh, underscore r W-R-G-O. There it is. Follow that. Um, (laughs) I basically put on the account, like, okay, insert Democratic President X. First day after they get inaugurated, they say, I want to create a national emergency on climate change. I want to create a national emergency on gun violence. President Trump created one about a border wall that has no statistical evidence of being what he's actually talking about or being actual truth. No, it's, this so, t- it's statistics that prove that this wall is not needed. And that's what's like, he's pushing uh, an, his personal agenda for what purpose? Right. And I think what's Repu- the overall purpose? Right. And Republicans have even mentioned that on why some of them are kind of skeptical about it, because they're basically like, this opens up a bad can of worms because let's say, President Harris gets in there and she's basically like, I want the CDC to investigate gun violence. I want us to have a national, whatever that means of have a national emergency. I'm going to appropriate funds that you didn't give me for climate change. I'm going to push my personal agenda, regardless of what the American people or the American government or the legal system tell me I can do. That's what Trump said. Big facts. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's, it's everything. Everything is crazy. We'll keep you posted on this. I think the sad, crazy thing is that this story will not end and it'll probably go on like most stuff for a long time because it's, you know, the legal system. Ain't it slow? I mean, it's a process. They give you that. Um, but yeah, we have a white right wing extremist. You can. So I saw this today um, and this kind of relates to what we're what I think are probably biggest fact will be or our biggest <laughs> biggest blunder can we have like our own donkey of the day and get like a we're not stealing their stuff uh, we're gonna yeah, give we, you yeah, we're we gonna come yeah, up yeah. with we're gonna develop that idea boom, 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 boom. <laughs> um so this happened in silver spring maryland which is close to us that's probably like a 10 minute drive from where we are literally um this is just i think a quick little you know food for thought um a 49 year old coast guard lieutenant was charged with stockpiling weapons um and drugs and being described as a domestic terrorist um, he was planning to murder innocent civilians. With the water. You're right. Hey, we need to keep them out, not, not us. Um, That's what's crazy. Most of the terrorist attacks that have met, happened on domestic soil are from freaking white wing, yeah. right wing terrorists. So yeah. it's like, who are we really trying to keep out? No, that's right. I mean, like, I think, and like, I don't even have much to like say about it. I just think it's interesting that. You know some issues we don't address, like this issue. How how would we prevent this? Would it be limiting access to guns? Right. Would it be having bad. I mean, like stuff like this. Is it our national culture and politics where we? It's this side and my side, and I'm going to say everything except that they're the devil about the other side. Right. That then causes them to think like it's a us versus them. Right. And, and it's not. It's this shit like that. This issue and that's what i think is wrong with american politics um very, it's very tribal yeah and the thing is does it have a real root that's not around racism and capitalism it's normally one side i wouldn't I, yeah i mean i was trying to say like it's always hate toward a certain group whether it's religious whether it's 
class and race. So what yeah. are American politics then? Because I'm agreeing with you. Like, no, that's yeah, what, no yeah. I'm just asking like a bigger open, yeah. open-ended question. It's like, I mean, American politics is often fueled on divide. It's often fueled by we over here in this voting block, we're this. The people who we're running against, they're that. Right. And That's, that often comes down to it. Sadly. It's Russia like, then found out Achilles Hill and they're exploring it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, next. So, you know, my man's 21 Savage. 21, is, 21, 21, 21. Right. He's free now. Um, but he did an uh, interview last Friday uh, on Good Morning America. It was. About six to eight minutes is pretty good. Um, if you haven't checked it out, check it out. But he said he felt like he was targeted because when he said he was just driving, driving, and then next thing you know, he see all these cops and they say, we got savage or we got savage, whatever. Um, but it's crazy that they say we got savage and then the reporter asked him specifically in one of his songs, he speaks about like immigration laws and all of that. And he and the reporter asked, like, do you think you were targeted because of this? And he's uh, he answered or responds, honestly, don't know, man, because like it's America. But um, his lawyers are saying that he they definitely think he's targeted because of his fame and ISIS attempting to prove or use him as an example uh, when it comes to immigration and how serious they're taking it. Yeah, um, I don't really have anything to add, but I hope. I mean, this is just like a selfish hope. I think. It would be nice if Twenty One Savage does. Oh, he did say that. What he, he gonna keep? Right? He gonna yeah, keep, yeah, yeah. He gonna keep it going. Like, there's no. I think like it's good. Like for him personally, it's good that he's able to now like provide for his family and that he's able to like live a free life. Right. But I think it would be even better if he was in to take this moment and then to advocate on behalf of those who don't have the level of money or who don't have Jay Z to pay a lawyer for them. Because like we talked about last episode. A lot of people who get caught up in this situation are like him. They just have expired visas. Right. And it's like there's oftentimes nothing you can do if you try to call and the line's busy and they don't have enough people working there. So I think that that would be really good if he was able to like partner with nonprofit groups or profit or like partner with advocacy groups to be like, hey, this happened to me and I got out because I have fame and I have access to wealth that a lot of people don't have. But if you don't speak English, if you don't. If you're in a lower income community, you don't have those options. You just probably just get detained and go somewhere. No, he um, <laughs> like, yeah, so I think yeah. I think like I hope that that and it seems like he's really committed to doing that. Yeah, which is if like a you, if you have if you if you as a person are are a twenty one savage fan, you or I have seen him grow as a person. Like no, he yeah. literally said he stopped buying jewelry because it's a waste of, it's not a waste of money, but he could be investing that money in other things that make him money. Um so he's growing as a person and he definitely said that he will continue to advocate for these people who don't have that notoriety notoriety and celebrity that he does. Oh, so uh, shout so, out to him. Right. It's like it's be, real good. Right. It'll be cool good to see what comes of this. Um next topic on the agenda we got um, Kaepernick and Reed, you know what I'm saying? My boy finally got that check. Pay me. Right. Pay me. Run me my coin. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. That's what's crazy about this. Push, um, push. So basically, Kaepernick, uh, Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed, uh, they got a settlement in front of NFL, but they can no longer speak publicly about That's the like low-key my goal in life. Not to have like no foul stuff happen, but if you if you read No Alliance for an undisclosed amount, <laughs> you know I got a bag. When you I can't guess. even talk about it. <laughs> yeah, but the bigger question is how does this play into his old activism and all of that that he's doing circling around his movement? Because we, we texted about this. And yeah, we were like, we did. I think it's, I mean, one, props for him for getting that, for getting right, what right, he should. Right. I just think, I hope it doesn't, and I, and I don't think it'll lead to him being less vocal about you know, activism because he's still giving to like all these charities. He's right, getting other right, athletes right. to give. I don't think that'll change. Right. I just wonder if he'll be a little bit more hesitant. I don't think he will be. No, because it's like he just can't talk about his situation with the NFL. Right. 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 I get that's that's what I'm like because that's what like messes up his whole movement anyway. Because a lot of people just I'm with Cap. And a lot of people don't understand what that means or what he's doing. Cause right. it's like so much, his work is so much deeper than just like that healing. hashtag or him. Yeah. Healing. So much deeper. Right. So 
that's that's going to be the more interesting part about it because now you have to step back and actually look into the work that he's doing and you have to actually witness it firsthand not firsthand but you have to take a look beyond the movement that was happening uh, and and it would it'll be interesting to see like the i guess platform that choose to continue giving him yeah. a, a place to speak out right because it definitely seems like i mean it's time i mean we, i think we already knew this but like his time in the nfl is over right but i think a part of why well, i seen the article that said he might <laughs> i don't believe it's <laughs> over he don't get that check and come back um so it's just interesting because I think he's he's been such a big story because this whole thing was not settled. Right. And I think now it's done. I think in our community, he's still going to kind of be like, huh, like on right, that level. Right, right, right. And I just think I hope I hope he keeps putting the pressure on other people, on other yeah. people because I think that's the biggest thing is that he was basically like, hey, at Diddy, at Steph Curry, I'm giving 50K. I want 10 – I'm trying to get 10 celebrities to give 10K to this different charity that I'm supporting or this different youth movement. And he basically did that where he was like, I challenge these 10 celebrities to give $5,000 and he would give 50K to a charity. So I just hope that because he's not in the news as much and it is because it's like, oh, stand with Cap. Now that that's not cool because it's done, I hope that doesn't like stop it. You yeah, the I mean? movement doesn't die now. Yeah. I agree, buddy. Um, uh, we moving through this thing pretty quick. So, twenty twenty update. We'll yeah, we basically. All right. Yeah. Who's running in twenty twenty? All right. As I drink my water, but but I don't <laughs> have any. I'm out. So as of now, there are a plethora of candidates, which include Cory Booker, Pete Buttigieg, Julian Castro, John Delaney, Tulsi Gabbard, Kristen Gillibrand, Kamala Harris, Amy Klobuchar, Elizabeth Warren. I don't even know who this person is. Uh, Marion Wilson, Andrew Yang, a uh, Republican named Bill Weld Shore. Uh, Wait, he he announced that he was forming an uh, exploratory committee. He did not officially say he was running. And uh, your boy. I was, just, I was about to say your boy. Your boy. Uh, <laughs> uh, Donald Trump. Donnie T. The newest person to um, get in the race is U.S. Senator from Vermont. Uh, yeah, U.S. Senator from Vermont, Bernie Sanders, um, longest-serving independent. Um, he has a long history in Congress. He's been there since, I think, 91, former mayor of Burlington. Um, he's his, like— Bro, this man don't stop. <laughs> That's what I learned today when I was looking at this man, so— uh, <laughs> can't, can't stop, won't stop. He, that needs to be his— uh, Can't stop, can't won't stop. That's his mantra. Bernie I, I love his we, energy. We down, baby. I love his energy. Uh, and then most of his career, he focused on like healthcare, equitable wages, climate change, and taking on big corporations. It's like Policy Facts Score, which is like this like nerdy website where like it ranks senators on like their like voting record. He's the farthest to the left, right? So he's like basically the most liberal. I mean, senator. he is the longest serving independent member in Congress in U.S. history. So like, well, duh. Yeah. <laughs> but no, my point of saying, bro, don't give up. He. Let me just give you his background. He unsuccessfully <laughs> getting off the rails. All right, he unsuccessfully ran as a Libertarian Union Party in 1972 and 1974. Um, he ran as independent governor of Vermont in 1972, not 1977, twice, 76, <laughs> not three times, and 1986. <laughs> oh, wow, 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 wow. Uh, and most notably, in 2016, he ran against Hillary Clinton as the uh, Democratic primary candidate, and he. Can I stop you there? <laughs> no, because I think I think this like goes to my theory, and that uh, I think it's sometimes annoying is that I think he should get credit for kind of creating this movement and like taking the party I think to the left. But I think sometimes we just kind of give people the like you fail, but now you like you fail upward, and I think that's the thing that like that's what he's like, done. He's done. That's do. what's crazy. <laughs> like, because like I just think it's I his candidacy is very interesting because I think he is going to be a factor, but I think his strength is almost in there being so many candidates because he has like a defined voting block that is going to come out that's going to give him money most importantly because he already raised like a but mill. that's what meant never mind 
That's why I messed up 2016 because, well, I don't, look. It's no, just no, like, no. when you think about, because of the independent party. There's no, like, independent party. Well, right, but the votes of people that. Like, independent voters. Right, they voted for said candidate. And I'm not saying him per se, but it just messes up the pool, you don't think? Because those votes. He makes it, he throws a monkey wrench into this because he's not. Which makes it more difficult, right? It makes it more difficult. And I think it also makes him a little bit more just kind of like, I can do whatever the hell I want because his voters are, they're not longtime party voters. And which is why I think it's a strength of his, but it's also a weakness because. The reason why Bernie Sanders came close but didn't win, and I don't, and actually he did. I don't think he came as close as I think we're giving him credit for, because I think I don't, I don't know the numbers. Don't ask me. I'll just, I'll just say this. Don't you know, like how in primaries there are like there are caucuses and then there are like just regular voters. If you're in a caucus, it basically rewards you for having more core supporters because it's basically like if we were in a caucus, it's basically where we go to a polling place. And a campaign surrogate gives a speech on why you should vote for this candidate. We all get into different groups and then a poll worker counts us up and gives us like a vote, which is like the most to me, it's a dumb way of having a democracy <laughs> just because it doesn't count you on your individual vote. A vote shouldn't count on how dedicated you are to the candidate. If I drop my freaking ballot in, that should count. But I think. Bernie was successful because he won a lot of non-diverse states that often had caucuses. And I think that Bernie struggled with black voters. He struggled with Hispanic voters. He struggled with older voters. And I think I think I saw a stat that said that 40 that I think only 40 percent of the Democratic electorate is white. So I think if you're going to be a factor in the Democratic primary, you can't just rely on white voters. Not at all. Which but, is why I think which is, <laughs> no, but and, and I think that's my issue with I think the coverage of him is that I think he he's a formidable candidate, but I think at the end of the day, until he can make some inroads with people who aren't white, who aren't in white states like the state he's from, Vermont, New Hampshire, Iowa, can he win a state like South Carolina? Probably not. Can he win a state like Illinois? Probably not. You can't just rely on these rural states without that much population. Like, can he win California? Can he win New York? Hell no. Because I'm, you can't just rely on young white people to get you there. That can get that can make you a player. It can make you a factor. But I don't know why he's doing it again, bro. But um, gotta he came close, and I don't know. I think it's hard because I think the age thing. I think people often try to make it harder than it seems. Where he's like, only seventy seven. <laughs> <laughs> But I think that should be a legitimate factor. Am I wrong for saying that? He's 77, so I think when he would take office, he'd be 79. I mean, he oh, Joe Biden's 76. That should be another legitimate question. He's going to run, too. That should be another legitimate <laughs> question. Like, I'm not... I think I think oftentimes we try to make it over some of like, oh, that's being ageist. Like, no, it's a legit question. It goes to fitness. It goes to... I mean... Yeah, Trump seventy two, and look where that got us. Bye, get out of here. Uh, how how do you feel about all this? Um, I mean, I personally think it's two. One is way too many candidates. That'll all get settled out. Well, yeah, that's gonna get settled out in the future. But like, I I don't take none of these people serious right now. Um, that's just me personally. I don't take none of these any of these people serious. At the moment, besides maybe one or two. I mean, it's hard to cut through just because we're not in like full 2020 mode yet. Yeah, we're like at not. the end of the year, we'll be like, it'll lead every newscast. It'll be like the thing we talk about tomorrow. No, probably so. But like right now, it's kind of like we're just keeping you on the ups and ups. So, yeah. big facts. <laughs> I'm going to let y'all. <laughs> I'm going to play the clip then. Were you, were you we laughing? Can go. laughing. What is it that has you so angry? Is it the, the attackers? It's the is attackers, it? but it's also the attacks. It's like, you know, at first it was a thing of like, listen, if I tell the truth, then 
that's it, because it's truth. Mm-hmm. Then it became a thing of like, oh, how can you doubt that? Like, how do you how do you not believe that? It's the truth. And then it became a thing of like, oh, it's not necessarily that you don't believe that this is the truth. You don't even want to see the truth. I wish I could just get on national TV and be capping like that. <laughs> I don't have it. Henry, who was that? Jesus Christ. All right, that was uh, Justice Smollett from Empire. Um, so you probably have heard he turned himself in today at 5 a.m. in Chicago where he is being held to go in front of a bond judge. Um, at 10 a.m., Chicago PD had a press conference. Um, yeah, so this whole little... <laughs> what are you trying to say, bro? <laughs> Get your words together. No, I got my words together. I said so. Like, If you wanted to watch a press conference, go watch it. I encourage you I to watch it. I actually think you should. Yeah, you definitely should, but they was lying. Uh, anyway, <laughs> bro, this whole junk what don't make weird- sense. <laughs> this whole Jesse Smollett situation don't make sense. Make it make sense. I don't think it has to make sense. I think somebody can just act like a dumbass. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, sure, but it just don't make sense. Um, my what I was gonna say though, BBC does a timeline of like all the information that has been released. Check it out, do a good job of that. Um, but my main point is it has to be a reason as to why this was done. Do I think it was that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean it's a good reason, right? I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Did I say that? I just said there has to be a reason as to why this was done. Whether that's good or bad, who knows? Who knows? As of, now, as of now, the reason is he wanted a bigger salary on Empire. That's what they're saying. That's what they're alleging. So what you think? I don't know. But again, I don't live his life, so I don't know. But it just doesn't make sense because a person in his uh, I can't get my words together today, man. Whatever, bro is like I personally don't think somebody in his position in life who's in a prime of their career, starting on a big hit TV show. Like, why would you do that? Especially with like the climate of America when it comes to like race. It's just like but that's what the, why, like that's the good the, in me is like. Why would you do that, bro? But that's what the lieutenant. Chicago, um, yeah, like that's why you should about. watch the um little press because he was basically saying, like, as as a black man, I'm he basically just sounded like an upset uncle, like, he was just like, dude, I'm disappointed in this guy who was basically going to say that because you're black and because you're gay, this is why you were attacked. And I think that makes it, and he, like, he said in the press conference, he was like, that makes it harder for the next person who's black or who's gay or who's black and gay to then come forward and for us to all come to that person's defense because hey remember that last person who said that they were attacked because they were black and gay and it turned out to be false i mean i get you but that's a stigma with every crime um but that's the reality of it though but again like that's the stigma with every 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 crime just me as a black boy if a person accused, like literally on my 21st birthday, actually the first time I ever got into a altercation with the police is because somebody falsely accused me of something. I was walking across the street to this gas station um, by UTC and some lady got robbed. And because I allegedly matched some supposed description, the police literally had me on the front of a police car, searching me down, breaking all types of laws, had put me in handcuffs. Fortunately enough, I knew a little bit about the law to scare them and say, you're breaking the law, bro. You cannot do this because you have no incriminating evidence. But besides that, um, it's like, yeah, when it comes to police, 
specifically police who have like history of I mean like we were talking we fabricating were talking. stuff. Like we were texting about this. Like both things can be true. I'm not saying it can't. No, but I think but I I'm I not, know it's some truth to this. Don't let me don't 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 let it don't I'm not saying that, oh, this is all made up and he's no, telling I'm not the truth. Saying that. Not saying that at all. I'm just saying that I think we have to treat like Two things can be true, even if they combat each other. No, like, I'm not disagreeing like with Smollett that. Smollett is clearly lying his ass off, and he clearly did some. F- right, he's stuff. lying about something. Chicago also has its warts as a police department, right. and a bad history of not being transparent about issues of race. Both things can be true. Both things cannot be right. And that's okay. It's I get like, you. I, know, but I, just I get you. But I, this this is my whole thing. Chicago PD, they came up with all of this evidence in the midst of like a week or two. I don't don't do that. Bro, the timeline don't do that. Bro, I'm I'm just I'm just let let me be like let's be realistic about it. So he alleged junk like, on January 29th. Today is a month, a month's time. And I don't, me personally. So you think it's so, so you think a part of it is that they're just making up stuff? No, I didn't say I just don't think they thoroughly investigated the issue. I do think Jesse lied about some stuff, but I don't think they thoroughly investigated it. That's just me personally. I disagree, but okay. That's just me personally. I just think both things can be true. I think we often try to say like Oh, um, there's no way Smollett's lying because Chicago has all this history. Dan say that. I'm not saying you're saying that, but I think that's how that's how I think we as a culture work, where it's like this one thing is here, this other thing goes against that. Therefore, the thing I said previously isn't true. Well, or or the thing that I said that didn't happen. I, I mean, just think, that could I just be flaw logic though. Like that's just I, somebody's flaw logic. But I think that's more than I just think that kind of logic happens more than we give credit for. I'm like, not just, saying it doesn't, but I guess I guess I could be playing the devil advocate. I could just hope that he's not lying. I could. I think you, I think you are not. I mean, not. I don't know. He's, it's alleged, but I can just say from jump, whole thing has been shady. And right, exactly. That's why I don't like when he came out on stage and he was. It's been a lot of false reports. Why, if you just got attacked, why would you come in? Oh, di- like if me, if I'm a victim of some crime, bro, y'all can believe what y'all want to believe. I personally don't care. I'm healing. His I'm, first response was to get on stage, let me clear the air and perform. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to get into that just because that's, he's in a different world. That's what I'm saying. Again, I'm, saying, I'm not saying bro sitting here telling the truth. All I am saying is the Chicago police like police in general, I don't trust police. I agree with you, but and then for me, it just like how a lot of this stuff just got leaked, and it just don't make sense. I'm curious to see how the case proceeds. I don't think there's gonna. I think this is the end point. I don't think there's gonna be much after this. I'm just saying, his lawyer is not just gonna. I don't think like, he's gonna get jail time, but no, I'm just saying, like, it's not gonna be that. I simple. just think we need to treat it as. We can treat this as two separate entities and still look at them combined together. Because I'm saying, like, Jesse Smollett is here. Chicago PD is here. Yes, they are, like, they cross at a certain point. But, like, you also just have to kind of see, like, you have to separate, I think, the bad stuff about Chicago PD, which is there, from, like, this individual case. Because I think, like, at the same time, you just said it, like, he lying about some shit. Chicago does not have a good part with transparency, I don't think that has to run in... That doesn't mean it's parallel with this. It doesn't mean it crosses this case. You can say that and you can argue it. That's fine. I'm not like here to like go back and forth with you about that. But I just think just because Chicago has a bad history and just while is lying, I don't think it's like, he's lying, but they're not being transparent about something. I think exactly. clearly he's not being transparent Chicago about Chicago police is not being a transparent about something, which means you're lying. Jesse Smollett is not being transparent about something, which means you're lying. The two intertwine simply because, like, if they're investigating this issue, they were talking about, uh, like, they were giving information to the media. 
telling people that he was refusing to give up his phone and they were having trouble to meet with the Lord. It was a, it's just a lot of BS was happening. And it's just like, you don't think some parts ever, it just don't make sense. It don't make sense. Do you you think it doesn't make sense because no, it don't make sense as to why, like, okay, again, why if the, the police is thoroughly investigating this, like, supposed or alleged issue, I have never seen a case develop and come clear this fast. I wouldn't say that. Bro, like legitimately when you think about I would just not to say not to say like it's not not to say it's not that hard, but I think initially after a week they were at least like, wait, something's up here. There's no footage, something no one saw shit. Agreed. But again, it's like I just Chicago's think Chicago's the most fucking surveillance city, one of the most surveillance cities in America. There's video footage somewhere. I just think one, we're not dealing with we're not dealing with mastermind criminals. <laughs> right. So So again, I just think it's it's just easy to if someone's lying. This shit just don't make sense, right? <laughs> and I but I I think my thing is it doesn't make sense because someone just did a dumbass thing. And it doesn't have to make sense. We don't get it. I don't know why somebody would try to stage this over somebody allegedly being upset about their making sixty five thousand dollars an episode, but do you, bro? More power to you. Oh, uh, I just I hope the truth comes to light. But I think about shit that matters, cause I mean that doesn't not right, matter. Random, no, random, I think this is an important part. I think it was good that the that the superintendent first came out and said, "I wish people, I wish victims from gun violence would get this much attention." And I think that's like probably the most important part about this. But it's basically like, I see all these cameras out here when I'm out here talking about a child who's a victim of gun violence. Y'all aren't here. Y'all aren't covering this stuff. But you're covering an actor alleging himself getting beat up. I, mean, so I, I just think that's, I just think that's say, important. Oh. That speaks to where the American values. But, I agree. Uh, yeah, that speaks directly to where the American values. Because, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, so next bit fat. Um, so yeah, how to break this down? So this cancel culture that we have going on, we canceled H and M for the black boy and the coolest monkey in the sweater. Cancel uh, Prada for depicting uh, a monkey-like figurine uh, with big black lips or big red lips. Uh, Montclair for the penguin face jacket. Katy Perry for the black size with the jewels that resemble the monkey with red lips. And then most recently, Burberry with the uh, hoodie and the uh, nose joint. Uh, so to sum it all up, a lot of designers are releasing or making clothing with racial slurs or hinted racial slurs and then taking it, rushing to take it down and release an apology. Uh, uh, question of black Twitter is, is this a marketing tool? Me personally, I definitely think it is because if you think about anything black Twitter does, if we create a hashtag, talk about a subject, we do anything. Black Twitter is the mainstream of Twitter for real. So when we do things, we influence things. So when we sit and talk about, oh, I'm canceling this, or I'm canceling that, and we don't actually act on it, it causes a problem because these companies get a whole lot of publicity, free publicity of us discussing it in outrage or whatever. And then three, six months later, we're back to buying the product. We're back to supporting the business. Um, I mean, I just think it gets into a broader question of like, what does it mean if something is canceled? No, fact. I mean, and I think that's like a hard thing to say because you can't, you know, you can't just sum it up into like a word, <laughs> which is difficult. But I think it's just a broader conversation of how do we hold, how do we hold people and corporations accountable for when they mess up? And I think that's like a more difficult question of like, obviously, your main goal is to. Like for, you know, I'm just gonna look at one of the examples. Like for Burberry, or like, um, or like for Gucci, who did the little, um, the who did like, yeah, who did like the sweater joint. Like, okay, like you can cancel them, but like, what does that mean? Does it mean like you're going to not buy Gucci anymore permanently? Does it mean you're going to try to write 
letters to Gucci doesn't mean you're going to well, pick it signs outside of their corporate offices. Like, what does that actually the mean? Gucci and Prada situation, because those are the only two companies that I know for myself who have done something about it. Like Prada, um, they made this diversity council with Ava DeVarney, the director, um, to basically include black creatives in a lot of their movements. And Gucci supposedly donated to 10 charities. Then they, the CEO flew to New York to meet with Dapper Dan, uh, who is like a famous black uh, tailor. He's a famous black designer. Um, it's just, they made him look like a kuno. So I think it's just, for me personally, what canceling me is not supporting them because if you think about like the recent again events, Ti and Spike Lee kind of like said let's boycott Gucci, not support him, and then Fifty Cent burnt lit a shirt on fire, and Soldier Boy's supposed to get his tattoo removed, and so on and so forth. And it's like we have these celebrities speaking out about it and supposedly supporting the cause, but again, what in real time us as people doing? And but even but even then, I think I think it's also on. It's like what are we as people doing, but also like what are what are celebrities doing? I'm sure Ti will be spotted in Gucci in a year. <laughs> like I think a lot of uh, no, but mm, I, I think I don't know about Ti, but somebody else, yeah. I just think it's like the whole thing of like why well, I think a lot of artists and rappers who were like supportive of Kaepernick, they didn't get enough flack for saying, hey, I'm going to put my songs on the um, Madden NFL game. Like, remember the whole Big Sean controversy of like, oh, they took out my lyric. Like, well, why is your game on the NFL in general? If we're really like done with the NFL, you're putting, I get it, you're getting a check from them, but okay. So I just think it's a different thing of like, how do we talk about, it's just literally how, how do we talk about holding people and corporations in power accountable for the decisions that they do? Obviously, your main, our main goal should try to be to limit their financial might, should be to not shop there, should be to, you know, try to get as many people to, you know, boycott their stores. But I think it goes to a deeper level than that because I think it's hard to do that on a actual level. I think there has to be either some type of we want you to create a corporate accountability office or we want you to have a diversity and inclusion office. It needs like, to be an agenda. Um, right. I think it's just better than like, like granted, like I think you said like a couple of the companies did like they did, they donated money, but like, what is like, I get it. Like that's a good donation, but did you actually learn your lesson of why that that's not okay? Well, that's the thing because this happens every couple of yeah, years. Yeah. I mean, like we've talked about this. And I was reading an article that basically speaks to as to why this happens and it's because the elite luxury brands have created a small inner circle composed of no black people no ethnicity besides the rich white um and they make these executive decisions which tend to get them in trouble but it's crazy because people go through years of research and marketing and uh, analyzing statistics and style trends and all of this before you release these things. So these phony uh, apologies that get released is just annoying because it's like, it's literally, they're doing it purposeful and like purposely. And that's what bothers me much about it. But to your point is like us as a people, how do we actually hold these people accountable because when you think about the, uh, and my whole point of bringing this up is because it's Black History Month, uh, and then two, the Montgomery bus boycotts, it was an agenda. It was a set form of action. Like they literally, not when I say they, you would think about the NAACP and different organizations that came together. And there was a there was a multi-layered strategy. Right, it wasn't just uh, us speaking out and claiming these things and talking about it. It was actually strategy put in place to make the things happen. And that's what us at, in this generation, we we missed that step. Yeah, I mean, I think that 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 calls on people in like minded groups like that to try to step up and say, hey, like we're for canceling this, too. But we have to have 
a broader strategy because we're going against billion dollar corporations. We're right. going against, you know, we're, yeah, you know, we're going against corporations that are making a lot of money and we need to figure out if we're really, and I think this is upfront, if we're really going to do this, and I think it's just okay to be upfront with that. Like, okay, we're going to cancel them. What does that mean? Okay, if that's what you say, let's actually talk about the steps to do that. And if you're not for it, say it. You feel no, me? No, facts. Like, let's, facts. let's actually talk about, let's actually, let's actually get real about this. No, facts. <laughs> facts. Let's talk about the issues and not just and not just kind of go through the motions. Yeah, like let's actually do something about it. And I think that that would that would actually be cool or beneficial for this whole cancel culture that we have. If excuse me, more organizations and organizers stepped up and put some strategy behind this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was the big facts. Now we're gonna give you the heads up and get you that's up, out of here. That's up, that's up. <laughs> uh, so Spike Lee, you know what I'm saying? He's been in the film industry 30 plus years. Um <laughs> and he's finally getting recognition. He's been well deserved. Um Black Klansman was nominated for six Oscars, including Best Director and Best Picture. Uh this is like I guess like an aha moment for him because in 1990 he was snubbed um, for do the right thing and so funny because I, I was just listening to a podcast where he was talking about this and he's like still pissed about it this to this day. That, I wouldn't say um, pissed, but he really like no, I mean, oh, he was, no, because um, <laughs> driving Miss Daisy won, so he was upset where he was like, you know, I love Morgan Freeman, I love the actors, but he was like, you know, this movie that kind of had this like, oh, it's like the magical Negro element won over me talking about all these different issues. The fact that like do the right thing, just talk about different stuff. It's just like a good, it's like a beautiful movie. So I think he's just still, he's, he's clearly still bitter about that. Yeah, he might feel some type of way. Um, but it's, it's funny cause his movie Boomerang, not Boomerang. Yeah, it is not Boomerang. Um, I start with a B, can't think of it. But um, they were saying, I was reading an article, that's why I can't think of it because I'm like plotting through it in my head. But basically, they were saying how it should be re-released because it depicts in this time where prominent people do blackface. Uh, bamboozled. Bamboozled, there you go. That's the movie. Very good movie, with uh, Damon Wayans. They were saying that's, it, yeah, they were saying it really should be movie. re-released. Really uh, so yeah. Check out the Oscars. Uh, y'all probably heard about this, but never leaving Neverland will be airing soon um, on HBO. Uh, it follows the story of James Safe Chuck and Wade Rodson. I said that right, yeah. Um, yeah, the a- uh, accusations against Michael Jackson. Yeah, and his basically is <laughs> alleged. I don't even know if I should call it alleged. I think it's probably more than that, but. You know, his issues with child sexual abuse. I yeah. think from what I've heard, I think people say that it's it's really, really bad. Like I heard it's I heard it's I mean, yeah, it's graphic and I heard like compared to R. Kelly, this will make the R. Kelly one seem like it's nothing. So everyone has a story, I think it's worthy of being out there. It's just we'll probably we'll definitely keep y'all covered on the on the outside, you wanted to do the the basketball thing. Or are you good? Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like you trying to you trying to wrap us up. Okay, sure. What's the brand name? Okay, so um, recently or yesterday, um, the consensus number one pick in the NBA draft, Zion Williamson, did a little base, did a little uh, top of the key cut, blew off his shoe, um, and that got Henry thinking. Oh, I just like. I don't watch sports, not sports person, but my whole thing of even bringing it up is like, how does you said he's still gonna get drafted? He's also the number one pick. But I just had a concern: what if Bruh blew his knee out and never gets to play in the NBA, and he was not going to school to be a doctor or a lawyer to have an actual career? He's going to school to play ball. So like. With athletes and getting paid in college and all of that, like you're more informed than I, but I just think it's a system in place where athletes 
get exploited and get gain no benefit from the system. And he he's just gonna have to take it ill. And that's not cool. Because that's like prison pipeline or whatever else system that's in place. It's not that, but it ain't that bad, but it's a system that's in place that's clearly taking advantage of a marginalized community. It's like yes and no, because I think the issue is very hard because I think we we lump all sports together because then I think if you say that we're going to pay athletes, then you have to get really specific about who you're paying and why you're paying them. And then you can say, okay, this Zion guy who's like, who clearly moves the needle, who's clearly like raising ticket prices at games, who's clearly becoming like a national figure in sports. He's making, he's clearly making the school money. But what about the kid on the basketball team at Duke who doesn't pay, who doesn't play? Should Zion Williamson get paid the same as him? Oh, let's focus just about Duke. Duke's basketball team makes money. Duke's football team probably makes money. Should the soccer player on the men and women's team get paid? They don't bring money to the school. Should the person running track and field at Howard University get paid? They're not bringing any money to the school. So then you have to either break it down and say, we're going to pay everybody the same rate and then say, okay, that means that some schools might say, if we're paying some of these people, we got to cut programs because... Y'all aren't making any money. We're paying money. We're losing money trying to cat, trying to field a team. And I think that's the part that I think doesn't get talked about and that I think ath- certain athletes should get paid. I agree with that. Zion should get paid because he's clearly selling jerseys. He's clearly moving the needle. They said the ticket prices at the last game that they had yesterday were $2,000. A part of it is he's a factor in that. Is it that I believe that there should be a system in that where players should get a percentage of their jersey sales, where if a player is clearly moving the needle that much, they it deserve should be a some of type that. of incentive. But where I, that per, that player benefits, right? But that's only the smallest percent. So I think also most athletes who play collegiately, a overwhelming majority do not make the pros. I think in the NBA, it's like point one percent. In the NFL, it's like point. It's like 2%. Then there needs to be a conversation of, okay, should the restrictions be less severe on athletes because they're not – y'all ain't going to make the league. Everybody's not going to do this. So you have to then position yourself to succeed in a life outside of the sport, and I think that requires programs kind of understanding that, that not everybody going to make it, but also the athletes themselves to be like, okay, I'm playing football in college. I'm playing basketball in college. That's great. What's next for me? No, facts. I agree. So I think I think there are ways in which that they are exploited because I think they don't get money off of their likeness and their own marketability. But I think for every 100 athletes, that might only fit the exception for like two. Because you can look at Howard, who moved the needle at any time we were there. Not to like diss anybody, but nobody. Should Howard athletes get paid? They're D1. Men and women's basketball team is D1. Should they get Ooh, paid? Child. No, but that's yeah. a real that's a real question. Like, should should No, that's a real question. That's why they, I responded to Sam Manor, but And that's the thing I think that we don't talk about, and that You're right. not every athlete is the same. And that's no, I agree and that's with okay. That. And that's okay with admitting. Not everyone's the number one pick in the draft, especially not a Howard. Shout out to them. Yeah. This anyway. dish shots. This is fun. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Twitter, got everything. Yeah. Episode 25. Eat it up.